Hello everybody and welcome to 2023 Second Fellow Chores podcast where we will outline the highlights of February's issues of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. I'm Nuria Agusti from Hospital Clinico Barcelona, Spain. I'm Ryan Kahn from Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in New York City, New York. Conte and colleagues from the Fundazione Policlinico Universitario Agostino Gimelli from Rome present the article Role of Minimally Invasive Secondary Cita Reduction in Patients with Recurrent Ovarian Cancer. This study aimed to identify predictive factors for the feasibility of minimally invasive secondary cytoreductive surgery in patients with recurrent ovarian cancer. It was a retrospective study that involved 276 patients undergoing surgery. A PET CT scan and diagnostic laparoscopy were performed on each patient before surgery. A proportion of 1 to 2 propensity score match analysis was performed to balance the predictive factors for minimal invasive secondary cytoreductive surgery. The results show that neoadjuvant chemotherapy at first diagnosis, site of recurrence, and number of lesions were predictive factors for performing minimal invasive secondary cytoreductive surgery. Early postoperative complications were significantly higher in the open group, 33%, compared to the minimally invasive surgery group, 10%. The study concluded that patients with a single or oligometastatic recurrences can be offered minimally invasive secondary cytoreductive surgery, especially if localized in the lymph nodes and or if they received neoadjuvant chemotherapy at primary diagnosis. Endometrial carcinosarcoma. Dr. Bagani from Milano, Italy, and expert colleagues from around the world present an extensive, elaborate review on endometrial carcinosarcomas focusing on the current landscape as well as future directions for patients with endometrial carcinosarcoma. This is important as emerging knowledge on molecular endometrial carcinosarcoma is opening new, promising therapeutic options for more personalized treatment. The management of non-metastatic disease is based on a multimodal approach with optimal surgery followed by chemotherapy and radiotherapy, even for early stages. Palliative chemotherapy is recommended in metastatic or recurrent setting, with carboplatin paclitaxel doublet being the first-line regimen. Although, the introduction of immunotherapy plus or minus a tyrosine kinase inhibitor shifted the paradigm of treatment of patients with recurrent endometrial cancer, patients with endometrial carcinosarcoma were excluded from most studies evaluating single-agent immunotherapy or the combination. The authors conclude, in the era of tumor agnostic therapies, researchers should be encouraged to design ad hoc endometrial carcinoma sarcoma oriented studies to develop new practice changing targeted therapies and provide specific guidelines for the management of endometrial carcinosarcoma. Nicola Bizzarri and his colleagues from Fondazione Policlinico Universitario Angostino Gemelli, IRX from Rome, present a propensity match survival analysis comparing the minimal invasive surgery versus open pelvic exanteration in gynecological malignancies. This is a two-center retrospective observational cohort study. A 1-2 propensity match analysis between consecutive patients undergoing curative and palliative anterior or total pelvic exanteration for gynecological cancer by a minimally invasive approach and an open approach was performed to equalize baseline characteristics. 
Patients with distant metastasis were excluded. A total of 1,700 patients were included, 67% in the open group and 33% in the minimally invasive group. Median disease-free survival was 17 months for both the open and minimally invasive groups and median cancer-specific survival was 30 months and 26 months in the open and minimally invasive groups, respectively, with no significant differences found. Authors also found no significant differences in intraoperative and postoperative complications between both approaches. However, Patients undergoing open pelvic exanteration received twice as many transfusions. Positivity of surgical margins at final histology was the only significant factor influencing the risk of recurrence while tumor diameter greater than 50 mm at the time of pelvic exanteration was the only significant factor influencing the risk of death. So, authors concluded that no survival difference was evident when minimally invasive pelvic exanteration was compared with open pelvic exanteration in patients with gynecological cancer. There also was no differences in perioperative complications, but a higher intraoperative transfusion rate was seen in the open group. Impact of podcasting on novel and conventional measures of academic impact. Dr. Levine, from Jerusalem, Israel, as well as colleagues, performed a matched analysis investigating the association of using podcasting to highlight publications about gynecologic cancers with altmetric attention scores, or AAS, as well as citation scores. Articles that were featured in the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer podcast series from July 2019 to September 2022 were matched one-to-one to control articles by the journal in which the article was published. A total of 99 podcasted articles published in 16 journals were matched. The authors demonstrate that podcasting an article resulted in a higher altmetric attention score. In an unmatched cohort, podcasting an article is associated with a higher number of citations per year. Ultimately, this study demonstrates that podcasting is a valuable tool in increasing social media attention on studies in gynecologic oncology and may be a useful strategy for a journal to quickly generate interest in selected articles. Alexandra Rodolakis, in conjunction with European Society of Gynecological Oncology, ESGO, the European Society of Human Reproduction and Embryology, ESRE, and the European Society of Gynecological Endoscopy, ESGE, provides a comprehensive information on all relevant issues of diagnosis and treatment in endometrial carcinoma in a multidisciplinary setting. The standard surgical treatment of endometrial carcinoma, consisting of total hysterectomy with bilateral sapping of rectomy, affects the quality of life of patients and creates a challenge for clinicians. So, to further extend the guidance on fertility sparing treatment, these previous mentioned three societies formed a collaboration to develop clinically relevant, evidence-based guidelines on this topic. An international multidisciplinary development group consisting of 11 experts from across Europe developed these guidelines. The literature was reviewed and critically appraised, and judgment was based on the best available evidence and expert agreement. The guidelines were reviewed by 95 international practitioners and patients' representatives before publication. Systemic Mapping Review of Guidelines for BRCA1 and 2 Genetic Testing Globally 
investigating geographic and regional disparities in health equity for women and families at risk for hereditary ovarian cancer. Dr. Brittany Hughes et al. from the University of Cincinnati Cancer Center, as well as her colleagues, present a systemic literature search supplemented by an international gynecologic cancer society informal survey and cross-referenced with Myriad Genetics with the goal to demonstrate the global landscape of BRCA1 and 2 genetic testing guidelines. This study found 1,011 publications. From this, 166 met the inclusion criteria. Overall, 46 unique guidelines were identified. Ultimately, this study demonstrates geographic differences in the publication of BRCA genetic testing guidelines with a predominance of publications originating in Europe and North America. They show that only five guidelines constituted nearly 75% of the published literature found in the systemic mapping review. This study highlights significant geographic variability in the publication referencing of BRCA genetic testing guidelines throughout the world and requires attention to achieve global health equity in BRCA genetic testing. Ignacio Zapardiel and his colleagues present a review entitled A Vascular Spaces in Radical Hysterectomy. For early stage disease in cervical cancer, the standard treatment is radical hysterectomy. However, one of the main issues faced by surgeons performing this surgery is the wide variation in the terminology used to define the procedure and to describe the anatomical spaces, which is critical to the success of the surgery. So, the aim of this review was to synthesize currently nomenclature used and anatomical landmarks with relation to surgical vascular spaces for the performance of radical hysterectomy. A computer-based comprehensive review of most well-known database as well as gynecological oncology guidelines was performed. With all relevant data collected and previous anatomical studies during surgeries and on cadavers performed by authors, a manuscript of the definition of a vascular spatial methods of dissection and anatomical limits was prepared. A clear definition with complementary anatomical images of parabesical and pararectal avascular spaces are providing, adding a better understanding of the anatomical aspects of the radical hysterectomy. Moreover, the article provides a well-structured explanation and illustrations of vascular spaces in the vesico-uterine ligament, going more into details with the ureteral tunnel space in the ventral layer of the vesico-uterine ligament, Okawayashi's parvaginal space and Yabuki's fourth space. So, they conclude that the correct knowledge of this anatomy and avascular spaces could improve surgical knowledge of the structures that need to be preserved and those that need to be dissected during a radical hysterectomy. Additionally, the detailed exposure of anatomical boundary will facilitate the appropriate tailored radicality depending on the risk factors of the disease being also applicable for other types of gynecological and non-gynecological procedures. Clinical validation and comparison of the Comprehensive Complication Index and Clavin-Dindo classification in predicting postoperative outcomes after cytoreductive surgery in advanced ovarian cancer. Dr. Malika Kengza School from the Netherlands, as well as her colleagues, performed a prospective cohort study with the goal to validate the Comprehensive Complication Index after cytoreductive surgery for primary advanced stage epithelial ovarian cancer and to compare its diagnostic performance 
with the clavian dindo classification after primary or interval cytoreductive surgery for primary advanced stage epithelial ovarian cancer. They demonstrate that both the clavian dindo classification and CCI showed a significant association with intensive care unit admission, prolonged length of hospital stay, 30-day readmission, and time to chemotherapy being greater than 42 days. Additionally, the cumulative effect of multiple complications seen in CCI have shown a stronger discrimination for prolonged length of hospital stay in comparison to the clavian dindo classification. Ultimately, they propose that the CCI should be considered as a standard post-operative complication classification system for advanced ovarian cancer surgery and research. Alejandra Martinez and her colleagues lead a clinical trial called Parola Trial, a gynecho and gut and GCOG study. The rationale of this trial is that PET-CT fails to detect approximately 25% of aortic lymph nodes metastasis in patients with PET-CT stage 3C1 cervical cancer. Treating with prophylactic extended filed chemoradiation to overcome these priority false negative cases could result in overtreatment and unnecessary toxicity in approximately 75%. So the primary objective of this trial is to demonstrate if chemoradiation with tailored external beam radiation filed based on surgical staging and pathological examination of the priority lymph nodes is associated with improved 3 years disease-free survival compared to patients staged with PET-CT staging only. This will be an international multicenter randomized phase 3 study. Eligible patients will be randomized one-to-one -one between the control arm, so patients with PET-CT staging followed by chemoradiation, and the experimental arm, patients with surgical staging followed by tailored chemoradiation. To be noted, a main exclusion criteria will be patients with unequivocal positive common iliac or periorthic lymph node at pretherapeutic imaging. Parola is a superiority trial powered to detect an improvement in 3-year disease-free survival from 60% to 70%. A recruitment of 510 patients is estimated with a fixed follow-up of 5 years by patient. An estimated date for completing accrual would be 20-27 and results presentation at 2030. Healthcare-associated infections in gynecologic oncology, clinical and economic impact. Vision et al. from MoMA Italy present the article titled Healthcare-Associated Infections in Gynecologic Oncology, Clinical and Economic Impact. The objective of this study is to evaluate the rate and type of infections in gynecological cancer patients and to analyze the costs related to healthcare-associated infections. The study was conducted by retrospectively collecting data from culture samples from patients admitted to the gynecologic oncology unit between January 2017 and December 2018. The results showed that 5.6%, 322 patients, of the 5,682 patients had healthcare-associated infections. The most common types of infections were urinary infections at 58% and surgical wound infections at 42.1%. The length of stay was 20 days on average, and advanced age, bowel resection, surgical site infection, and central venous catheter infection were found to be risk factors for prolonged hospitalization. The direct cost of healthcare associated infections was estimated at 6273852 per year. In conclusion, the study found that healthcare associated infections are a significant issue in gynecologic cancer patients 
and result in increased hospitalization time and costs. Thank you for listening to 2023 Second Fellow Shows podcast. We hope to see you soon on the next Merge Lead Article podcast.